All right, welcome to this week's Walk and Talk. And yes, I am actually gonna go out into the storm for you today. I mean, this is crazy, this storm, Pia, Pia, whatever they're calling it, that has hit the UK region. It is, abs- in fact, let me show you. It is absolutely outrageous out there. So we're gonna go out in a few minutes once I'm feeling up to it. But we've got a lot to talk about today. We'll start with the USA. We'll talk about Trump, what's just happened this week, Um, a cyber incident on a large American institution, Uh, Joe Biden uh, investigation claims, uh, the UK recession, Uh, Sunak being challenged. Gosh, there's so much. Talk a little bit about this storm and all the issues it's causing, Um, the U-turn on the salaries, house prices falling, Red Sea issues. There is a lot going on. Then we got a couple of weird, wonderful ones at the end as usual. So I guess I should just man up now, as they say, and uh, get out into the storm. So let's head on out. Okay, let's start with the first article then. And honestly, I am really regretting coming out in this storm. It is horrendous, but I found a a sheltered area here as we walk through this very old plantation. So let's just give it a go. We'll talk about the chaos around the UK with this storm at the moment. Winds up to 115 miles per hour that was just recorded in Scotland. I don't know what it is here, but it is pretty horrendous, I'll tell you. So let's start with the first article then. This will will begin with the USA. Uh, Trump ineligible for office under 14th Amendment's insurrection ban, Colorado Supreme Court rules. So this happened uh, on Tuesday, actually. So three days ago now since I'm recording this. And the whole thing is pretty weird, I must say. It's a It's a bizarre thing. They're saying this is an unprecedented decision in the Colorado Supreme Court to remove previous uh, former President Donald Trump from the 2024 ballot, saying that because he uh, incited an insurrection and tried to overthrow the government. Yeah, okay. I think they're getting a little bit carried away with this whole insurrection thing and he tried to overthrow the government. Uh, Yeah, okay. If you uh, have seen all the footage, you'll see there's a lot more to this story than meets the eye in the first place. But it seems like they're doing pretty much anything possible not to have Trump run for 2024. Obviously, because they know he's going to win. That's the way it looks at the moment. When you look at all the polls, it looks as though he's going to win. So they'll do anything, um, even getting the courts involved to stop him running. Uh, It's pretty crazy. And some of the other candidates, Republican candidates, have actually um, spoken out against it. They've said in support of Trump at the moment. And Ramaswamy said that he's not going to run and all this other stuff if this isn't overturned, etc. Pretty crazy. Now, another one that's just happened in America overnight, this is, is that First American has been targeted with a cyber attack. So this has put on hold loads of house purchases that are 
just about to go through. There's a data breach. There's all sorts of other things going on. So yet again, after what we talked about on Tuesday, another cyber uh, incident, another cyber attack based on that movie where I talked about the Obama's uh, movie. Seems weird to say that, that they uh, made a movie, but anyway. And there's actually, we talked about the Civil War 2024 movie that's coming out, but there's even one more movie as well that's coming out as well. So you've got these three movies all coming out at the same time, a little bit weird. And at the same time, that Japan is uh, supposedly a bit upset with the US at the moment because Biden calls for, this title made me laugh, Biden calls for call into US steel sale to Japan Nippon. I don't know who wrote that headline. Maybe they had um, you know, an intern or something accidentally go wild. But I think what they're trying to say is that Biden is calling for an investigation into uh, Japan's Nippon buying US steel, which I'm pretty sure that was started by Andrew Carnegie. Yes, it was. And JP Morgan. There's a lot of history behind that uh, as well. So Biden is saying that uh, there's, uh, you know, it needs to be investigated on national security grounds, having Japan overtake, you know, and take over US steel and, and all this other, other stuff. He also expressed concerns about the impact on supply chain reliability. The company is worth $15 billion. It's a 122-year-old steelmaker. It would create the world's largest steel company when the merger takes place. So US Steel has actually been looking for a buyer for a long time. But the US companies that made offers were nowhere near what Japan's offer was. I think it said something like half the amount. So that's why they want to take Japan's offer. It employs 22,000 people, 14 of those, 14,000 of those people in the USA. So a lot going on with the US at the minute. Although news has been kind of weird, but this happens a lot leading up to Christmas. We have this weird lull period on the news. I know you can't hear the wind and feel it coming through on the camera because I've got a wind blocker on here, but it is absolutely outrageous. I can hardly even hear myself think right now. But let's go over to the UK then. Let's, let's head out onto the path a second here. And the UK, this is all breaking news, huge news. It's, well, not really. Uh, they're saying that the UK is at risk of recession after it revised the numbers downwards. Oh, can't believe they revised the numbers downwards. Didn't the EU do that and Canada and Australia and New Zealand and the USA? They all put out the, the figures showing positive growth. And then a few months later, they revised the figures downward. Yes, they have said the economy actually shrank between July and September, so Q3 of this year. Uh, they're making a big deal about this. It shrunk by 0.1%. It's not exactly a big drop. Um, as we talked about before, we're just seeing zero growth. That's what we're seeing in the UK. I don't think this is going to change for a while yet. That's why I've said to everyone in the private community, even though I'm I have concerns about the US. If I was going to put money anywhere, especially in index funds, it would be the S&P. People, were, I think, were surprised when I said that last month when I did the uh, monthly uh, investment macro video. 
But look, it's still going up. The S&P is climbing. Yeah, we could see a massive correction next year, but even if we do it, I still think we're gonna see massive climbs. Not financial advice, obviously, but that is the way it's looking to me at the moment. So for the UK here, if they saw 0.2% growth, which they then revised down to 0% for Q2, and then they saw negative for Q3, next week we're gonna have, well, about 10 days time, we're gonna have the results for Q4. And it'll take them a while to calculate everything. But I think we probably saw, again, another negative number, which means then that the UK is officially in recession. Let's, let's say this in a different way. It means the UK has officially been in recession since the 1st of July, uh, but they won't announce it until January. By that point, I just don't think it's gonna make a huge amount of difference anyway. And Sunak never tells the truth on all this stuff anyway. Uh, he's been challenged by the watchdog over his claim to have cut public debt and created growth. Well, the fact is he hasn't created any growth and he hasn't cut the public debt. Um, this is the stuff that makes me laugh. But finally, we're seeing a few bits of turnaround and it is being challenged. They've said that he is misleading the voters. Sir Robert Choate, the, U the UK chair of the Statistics Authority, said Sunak's claims last month may have undermined trust in the government's use of statistics and quantitative analysis in this area. Really? You think his, what he said <laughs> has weakened trust in the government's statistics? Do we all remember COVID by any chance? Those statistics, uh, gosh. So now they're saying that the public is starting to, to mistrust government statistics. No, that happened in 2020, 2021. That happened a long, long time ago, way before all of this. So he said in a very polite way, this Sir Robert, he said uh, that the public simply doesn't have the aptitude to understand the economics that, that Sunak is talking about and these very complex calculations where he's taking a tiny subsection of GDP where there was some growth and he's saying, look, look, see, I created growth. Wow, one out of a hundred areas he created. Wow, yeah, okay. I guess he can claim to have created some GDP growth then, but it's, it's misleading. It's ridiculous, really. And then by cutting the public debt, he cut public debt in one tiny sector. And that's why he's saying he cut the public. See, these politicians are so sneaky and they lie relentlessly about all of these things. It's, uh, it's just wild. No wonder people don't trust politicians. But let's talk about this storm then a little bit. I know you probably can't see or hear how bad this storm is right now, but it is, I tried to get, I said to my wife, hey, should we go out? Do you want to come with me on the walk and talk? And she was, looked at me and was like, are you crazy? <laughs> she said, no, I think I'll stay here by the nice warm fire. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so no Kristen today. But yeah, let's talk about this storm then because it is absolutely outrageous, this storm. Winds of up to 115 miles per hour in Scotland. Thousands of rail passengers can't travel because of all the disruption and trees down and lines, uh, power lines have come down. Trees on the lines. 
uh, chaos for people driving because trees have come down on roads, flooding across roads, air travel been affected, Met Office yellow weather warning, all of these different cancellations to travel. And then we've got France striking as well for the Eurostar at the moment at the perfect time, just when people were traveling for Christmas. That's very nice of the, yes, perfect timing to strike, causing the most disruption to people when it is Christmas time and they're going to see the families. Okay. Whoa, look at that. Jeez. There's also loads of ferries canceled. I know the ferries to the Isle of Man are not really running at the moment. Flights are intermittently, but it's just been crazy, absolutely crazy. Also says that loads of, actually tens of thousands of residents are without uh, electricity. There's power cuts everywhere. Stores in some uh, certain seaside towns, I guess. Their glass has been blown inwards, shattered inwards by the wind. <laughs> wild, wild. Another wild story that's been in the UK this week is around this U-turn. So remember we were talking about the migration stuff and I said they're misleading everyone with the figures over migration because it wasn't you know, what they said. They weren't taking into account everything that you need to take into account when it comes to migration. You've got to look at people who left the country, like all the UK people that emigrated elsewhere. So there's emigration, there's immigration. So the figures were very misleading, but they said they were going to solve the problem by making people earn, here it is, £38,700 a year for them to come into the country. And I said at the time, it is ridiculous. It's not going to change anything. All you're doing is you are stopping people from coming in that will do those jobs that a lot of British people either don't want to do or it's not financially viable for them to do. I wanted to make this point as well because often when I do the walk and talks or whatever, I have to summarize certain aspects. So let me just talk on one point here that I've summarized a lot. I don't necessarily think that the average American or British person or Western person is just lazy when it comes to minimum wage jobs. That is not my view. My view is that you think of the tipping point theory we always talk about, you have the, the psychology behind it. Why would I or why would you go out and do a really hard work let's say it's a minimum wage job where you get no thanks, no gratitude in an area where house prices are very high, the standard of living is very high, and maybe you've got a kid, or you've got to pay for childcare, you've got to do all this. Why on earth would someone go out to work a job where they would earn just as much money collecting some sort of benefits or, or whatever else? So you've always got to take this kind of thing into consideration when talking on such matters as well, because that is it's the psychology. Would I want to go out and do a job for minimum wage that was really, really hard and still not be able to get by? No, I, I really wouldn't. So when you have people coming into the country who are willing to do those jobs, I have no issues with it at all. I keep seeing the argument, oh, people coming in, they're taking British jobs or they're taking American jobs or whatever else. I really don't think they are. I think that some might be taking jobs, yes, but in that very, very low-end sector, 
I don't think the average Western person wants to do some of those jobs anyway. And again, I'm just talking broad spectrum here. Some people will want to, of course. You might be one of those people online that says, I'll do the job. And yeah, some people will do the job, but not everyone will want to do the job. But anyway, the UK government has done a U-turn. So they calculated that it would only reduce migration by 12,000 people by uh, increasing this threshold to 38,700. So they've now reduced it back down to 29,000 pounds. So it's still up from 18,600. I just, I honestly, I don't see the point in it. I think that it was working as they did it before. This is just a token gesture to, I don't know, try and show that they're doing something about migration, but they're really not. And I don't even just blame the government for some of the, the problems and some of the issues that we're all aware of. A lot of it is that even the government's hands are tied by these, these organizations that are not even politically voted in. You know, they've just set themselves up as uh, organizations and they dictate what can and cannot be done. So, yeah, they're talking about uh, what they call net migration, but it's not really net migration. They're talking about uh, immigration anywhere from three quarters of a million to 1.2 million again in 2024. So this whole thing to try and stop 10 to 12,000 people coming in who are going to be coming into work. I honestly just don't understand what they were thinking with that whole policy. Next story then, we'll walk over here out the wind a little bit. British house prices fell again in the year up to October by 1.2%, but they also dropped in London by an even larger amount, which was 3.6%. So what we're seeing is a lot of the capital cities are being hit quite hard at the moment. But yeah, according to the ONS, which is the Office for National Statistics, house rent prices went up by 6.2% up to October. So we're seeing this inversion at the moment where house prices are coming down in the UK, not dramatically at this point. I don't think they're coming down overly uh, dramatically, but they are coming down very slightly. And that's really, it's not because of a, a housing market crash per se around this region. It's more to do with the interest rates as we talked about, as well as the supply. I think if there was a lot more supply available, you would see a crazy amount of house price uh, crashing right now, but there just isn't enough supply at the moment. Or oh, let's stand up here if I can climb up. Okay, we're up, hold on. Let me get my foot in here. <laughs> so you got a nice view behind. The other one then, this whole Red Sea issue with all the shipping uh, companies and everything. This is all a bit weird if you ask me. And we talked about how, uh, you know, potentially the next sort of conflict might be with Iran, some of the Western countries and Iran. And we're seeing a lot of propaganda at the moment about Iranian people uh, and, you know, how, how bad they are, how evil they are. Let me just say, I've got friends who are from Iran, uh, clients from Iran. They are some of the nicest people I have ever met in my life. So I do find this whole thing very weird how they're ramping up this propaganda now to try and make out like all Iranian people are, are some sort of, you know, evil and, and bad. And I think more specifically, what they should focus on is the fact that they are claiming that Iran is backing these, these rebels attacking the, 
the ships. And even then, I, I find it a little bit weird that you've got a dozen of these vessels, military grade vessels, helicopter as well, that can just land on a ship when, uh, it, I mean, where did they come from? <laughs> That's the other thing. Where did they come from? I, I, I find it bizarre. I think there's something else going on here. And even if you do searches to find out what their military equipment is, it doesn't even talk about helicopters or these boats or anything like that. So the whole thing to me is a little bit weird. And it says that there's only 2000 of these guys anyway. I mean, that's not a lot. And you've got US Navy, British Navy, 50 different navies who, who can't seem to handle the situation. I don't know, uh, you know, drop a comment on this. To me, it all seems a little bit weird. <laughs> You've got, I mean, it's 2000 guys. I, I, I don't know, I, I really don't know. And the, the security on board as well, these guys are getting paid good money. Uh, they can't handle the situation as well. I don't know. The whole thing just seems a bit weird to me. So now you've got 158 vessels carrying over 100 billion in freight have all rerouted. So they're going around the Horn of Africa instead of, of through the channel. I mean, the whole thing is a bit weird. What this is gonna do is push up inflation as well. It'll push up the, the cost of shipping containers like we talked about before uh, during COVID era, which, which did happen. We hit over $10,000 a container. Sometimes they hit 20,000. You're probably gonna see 10,000 a container, 12,000 in the next few weeks at this rate. If not, if it hasn't already happened by the time this video comes out. So what are they doing in response to these attacks then? The US is launching an international naval operation to protect the Red Sea route. This includes UK, Canada, France, Bahrain, Norway, and Spain at the moment. And uh, you know, there's a lot of talk against Iran that they may have to you know, go after targets in Iran and all this. Yeah, how do you think this is gonna end? It's not gonna end well couple of strange ones then as we come to the latter half of the video the EU chief von der Leyen who we always uh, talk about don't we she has backed a proposal to introduce wolf hunting after her pony was killed by a wolf right it says that she's been personally affected by this incident she's very upset by it after her pony was killed by a German wolf known as GW950M. Okay. So again, another weird, weird story. I love ponies, I love horses, so I do think it's really sad, um, I, I do. But I mean, these wolves have been a, pr a protected species right the way back to 1979. It's called the Bern Convention. It was signed by 50 countries. And we're even seeing wolf packs being reintroduced into Yellowstone, other places like that. And it's been very, very positive. It's helped to bring the ecosystem back into a, a good balance, actually. And talking of wildlife, let's go on to the next story. I'm gonna have to jump down a second. A court has ordered a wind farm to be taken down. Yes, this is after the death of a golden eagle. Environmentalists are celebrating a victory today after the court orders a wind farm to be torn down. They say that despite the impact on decarbonization, that bird welfare is more important. So yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a big long story around this golden eagle that flew into a wind farm or, or was killed by this wind, wind turbine. And they say that over a thousand birds have been killed 
by this French wind farm already. So it has now gone to a court of appeal and they have said it has to be dismantled. And finally then, Captain Bubble is uh, back again. <laughs> I don't know if you uh, remember this guy, but he, he's always apparently causing trouble for the Coast Guard with his weird vessels that he, he creates. So he tried to cross the ocean in a hamster wheel this time. A Florida man was arrested for trying to cross the Atlantic in a human-powered hamster wheel. Reza Bellucci faced federal charges after he was found 70 miles off the Georgian coast in August while there was a hurricane <laughs> going on. What? Okay. The judge says the 51-year-old man must now dismantle his craft and agree not to create any more of these crafts going forward because he's causing problems for the Coast Guard. I've got a new appreciation for these kind of walls at the moment because we've just been building loads of walls on my property out of stone and it is hard work. These stones, well these ones are quite light but some of the stones on my property absolutely weigh a ton. So that's what I'm going to be doing anyway. I'm going to be continuing work on my property at the moment over the well definitely over the Christmas period before heading over to Thailand for a few weeks. So probably do a little bit less videos at the moment because it is exhausting. By the time I've finished a day's work, getting up at six o'clock, doing a day's work on the, on the property with all the guys, I'm pretty shattered at, actually. So we'll uh, tone it down a little bit with the videos, especially while there isn't a lot of news at the moment. And then we'll ramp it back up very shortly. As soon as the news gets going again, we'll ramp it back up again. But all right, I think we will close for today. Thanks for being a subscriber here. Take care. God bless you. God bless your family. And I'll see you uh, next week sometime. I almost forgot to say the most important thing. I was trying to remember the whole video to say it. Have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas, especially if you're with your family this year. You truly are blessed. Have a wonderful Christmas period and I will see you after Christmas. All right, take care.